Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. You can get more out of your rides this summer. The Hammerhead Karoo 2 is the most advanced GPS cycling computer available with industry-leading mapping, navigation and routing capabilities. Free global maps with points of interest like cafe stops and campsites mean you can explore with confidence and on-the-go flexibility. Seamlessly and wirelessly import routes from Strava, Komoot and more. Change or reroute on the fly with turn-by-turn directions and upcoming climbs and descents, all in clear colour. For a limited time, Ruler listeners can get a free heart rate monitor with the purchase of a Hammerhead Karoo 2. Visit hammerhead.io right now and use promo code RULERPOD at checkout. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ruler Magazine Tech Podcast. I am your host, Dan Cavallari, and I am joining you from Colorado here in the United States. And, you know, actually, my guest today is also in Colorado. So it, this is like a 100% Colorado show today. Uh, but before I introduce uh, my guest, I want to talk a little bit about uh, fit, bike fit. So we all talk a lot about gear and tech and, and all the lovely components we love to decorate our bike in um, and, you know, wheels tires, all the, the fun stuff. Perhaps one of the more overlooked uh, things that we should all be spending a little bit of money on is, is a proper fit. And I think a lot of us who have walked into bike shops have sort of done the basic stand over the top tube, sit on the saddle. Yeah, that looks about right kind of, kind of situation. Uh, but if you're, you know, if you're riding big miles every year, a good fit can really be the difference between a successful season and a pretty painful one or just a, a disappointing one. So spending a little bit of money on fit is, is pretty important. And one of the things I've been thinking about a lot recently is how much fit methodology and, uh, and theory has changed over the years, especially since I was, you know, a Grom working in a bike shop 20 some odd years ago. So I wanted to talk a little bit about what's changed in bike fitting and how technology is sort of playing a bigger role in making sure that your bike fit is super accurate uh, and what that looks like over time. I mean, everybody's body changes, your bike changes, so it stands to reason that your fit might change. So on the line right now, I have uh, Todd Carver, who is the human performance manager at Specialized, but you uh, you may know him as the co-founder of Retool, which is one of the more popular fit uh, methods. Uh, and Todd, uh, thanks for joining me today. I appreciate it. Thank you, Dan. Good to be here. Todd, I, I went through a fit with you not too long ago, in fact, and um, it was it was pretty eye-opening to see some of the new technology that's uh, been introduced into the fit sessions 
you know, I've gone through a lot of them, you know, and everything from like a stick, you know, on the ground measuring my crotch to, you know, <laughs> full on sensors all over me. So I've, I've run the full gamut. Um, you know, and retool has been sort of on the pointy end of fit development for, for many, many years. Um, it seems like fit should be a fairly simple process. Take a measuring tape, figure out what size is best for the rider, put them on that bike. What makes it so difficult to properly fit a rider? Quite simply, because the measurement tape cannot measure moving things. It can only measure static things. So I do think measuring tapes are useful for sizing for bikes, but they fall short of the technology we need to fit a bike um, to a rider. So there's certain things, like if I would measure your legs and your arms and everything, I could get you in a ballpark position. But then when you get on the bike, um, your personal movement quality may be different than someone else's. And when people are on a bike, it really comes down to um, how you move your ankle. So are you kind of a pointy-toed rider or a heel driver? Um, how do you sit on the saddle? So where it, hopefully you have the right size saddle, but there's still a little bit of variability in where people actually sit on the saddle and then how you hold your upper body. And then the final thing is kind of how your knees track in and out. So all of those dynamic movements um, really make it impossible to get the perfect fit with static tools. So when I walk into a bike shop and I, I'm going to buy a new bike and that, you know, the person on the floor whips out that, that measuring tape, I shouldn't panic because that's basically just getting me in the ballpark of what size I need. But from there, there's all sorts of variables that, that a fit like a retool fit will uh, address uh, that, that the, the tape measure just simply can't, correct? That's like a good summary of what you just said, basically. <laughs> That's exactly right. And it's a, yeah, don't be, don't be put off by the, uh, some, we call them anthropometric measurements, but any tape measure measurement of a body part or crotch to ground, it's going to get you in the ballpark if it's done properly. And I think it will get you on the, on a bike size that's suitable. But then the final uh, millimeters and centimeters of like your saddle position and your grip position and your cleat position really come down to uh, more personalized type assessments dynamically um, while you're on the bike. We're trying. Obviously, I mean, we've been at this for a long time. Um, we would love to get to the point where we can predict all that. And I do think we're getting closer. But at the end of the day, there really still is no substitute for getting a rider on the bike in the studio and taking these measurements. Yeah. And that, and that brings up an interesting point. You know, I've been through, you know, I've tested gear for a long time. So, you know, it, it, all I've done all of the fit systems you can think of. I mean, <laughs> um, and it, it can be a pretty intimidating process. I mean, you walk into a room with a crazy looking bike on the stand or, you know, some, some of them are just dedicated fit bikes that actually have components that move around. Um, you walk into a room with computer screens and it, it can be an intimidating thing. Um, and as a consumer, it's hard to know exactly what you're getting into, first of all, and second of all, what the difference is between all these fit systems. Can you talk a little bit about what a basic retool fit looks like and how it's different than your competitors or, you know, maybe even just fit systems of your um, to get the best fit possible? I think just, you know, from the get-go, we put a lot of time 
into the interview process. So, you know, I used to work at sports medicine before I started Retool. And, um, you know, a good doctor, a good physical therapist, what do they do? Well, they listen, right? Um, so it's the same thing with bike fit is like a rider shouldn't really be put off by all the fancy screens and the fancy equipment in there because a good fitter is going to really sit down with the rider and get to know them first and really understand what their goals are, why are they in for the fit? What kind of problems are they having? And that definitely goes a long way to make people feel comfortable um, in a fit session. And I mean, here at the Boulder Experience Center, we start with coffee, right? It's like, if you're a coffee drinker, let's have an espresso and let's walk around and look at some bikes. Let's get to know you a little bit. I'll let, let you get to know us a little bit before before we start to get a little bit more invasive and um, start to put markers all over your body and everything. So we start with an interview. We think that's super important, and it, it's rather extensive. Um, you know, with some riders, we move through it quicker than others. just depends on how much a rider wants to talk. Uh, but w- we take as much time as we need. From there, I feel like um, the retool um, – fit assessment so of the assessment of the rider off the bike is the next step so once we get to know a little bit about your goals we need to know a little bit about your flexibility and your mobility and really look for any sort of um, limiters that you might have biomechanically then we also take some cool measurements of your feet and um, your sit bones to see if you're in the right footbeds and saddle so that's when you start to get introduced into the to the retool technology, um, and that takes that can take fifteen minutes to thirty minutes as well. And then we get you on the bike. Um, so if if a rider comes in with their own bike, it is put on to a um, a trainer or some rollers, as they're called in certain certain parts of the world. And you you just do a warm up. You just spin for a little bit and continue that conversation about what's going on with your fit. Um, and then after you're warmed up, then we get the motion capture tech going. So we put the markers on the body and we extract some data so we can start to put some numbers to what um, to what you're feeling. Um, and then it, then after we then from there we really make some changes to your position. That's where we really get the tools out, start to move your cleats, move your saddle, move your grips until we arrive at a position. Then we measure the bike at the end. Um, digitally, once again, with a bike measuring tech, um, and then a full report's generated. So it, it's a very comprehensive fit. Um, the technology is super important for us, um, and uh, but I'll tell you what's most important for the rider is, is really the interview and really making sure that we are addressing the rider's needs. Because I, I have seen it go the other way with fits, where um, a fitter might um, do a um, position that they want. It's like, you know, some, most fitters have an idea of how they ride a bike, and a bad bike fitter is just going to put everyone into that position. Um, but a, what a good bike fitter is going to do is really listen to the rider and make it about them. That's, that's interesting because to me, you know, I've had that experience where somebody has. Uh, assumed that I want this super racy position where, you know, I want my, my back to be as straight as possible. And, you know, that, that interview just never even happened, you know, where they say, well, what kind of rider are you? And, you know, going through the process with you, um, at, at retool up in, in Boulder, um, that was really the first, 
yeah, like you said, first 30, 40 minutes was just talking about, well, what kind of rider are you? What are you trying to get out of this fit session? What is, you know, like setting a baseline of what the fit story will be about. And I think that is very important. Um, and one of the other things that I thought was really interesting was I've done a lot of these fits where at the very end of it, uh, a bunch of numbers get printed out on a piece of paper and I am sent mm-hmm. home with them. And I don't know what they mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think one of the things that, that you did differently with me was you sat down and said, okay, here's an explanation of your position and what's moving where and why. And here's what you could do if you wanted to. And here's some options. And, you know, that was to me the most important part. And I wonder if that's, I mean, I can't imagine that's just a retool thing, but what I, what I think um, is interesting to me is, you know, how's the underlying theory of bicycle fit in general over the years, has it changed? I mean, particularly as it relates to the newer styles of riding, the newer styles of bikes. I mean, is that sort of uh, explanation of how your body's moving a relatively new thing? No, but I'll, but I'll tell you what, I think that the first point there is like, I think what you're talking about is our fit report, the first page is a fit summary. So before we even show you the numbers of your bike or your body, um, we do a fit summary and we make all of our fitters do that because that is at the end of the day should be a summary of what happened in that session and it's very easy to read and it's it's very clear right so a lot of times on our our, our reports they can be like 10 pages long you know with all the biomechanical data but a lot of writers read the fit summary and then they're like, okay, I totally get that. Thanks for documenting that because now I have it. And then if they travel to France and rent a bike next year, they can go in and find their fit numbers when they need them. But, um, yeah, so the report super uh, is very extensive. But really the fit summary is usually what people read first and foremost. And I do think that um, because our software really um, – necessitates that as the first step all of our fitters do it and it's been um, greatly received what about in terms of you know the bike technology and the bike uh, capabilities have changed quite a lot even just in recent years does the methodology of fitting have to change with that or is it still sort of the same general core concepts and you just are tweaking some sort of various riding positions to accommodate different riding styles that's a good question and my simple answer is everything's changed as, as bikes have changed and new experiences have emerged, like trail, mountain bike, and gravel, um, we've seen the geometries of change a lot from a traditional road bike and a traditional mountain bike, and our fit procedure changes. So let's talk about trail, trail mountain bikes for a second. As those you know, head tube angles have slackened out and the uh, reach to the front wheel has gotten so big to really make it more capable on the downhill um, our fit protocol, our, our location for things like center of mass and weight distribution have changed, and therefore all of our um, body metrics have changed. So I think, um, yeah, it's not, I think what some people think is the, the uh, fit protocol is really based on this kind of knee over pedal spindle neutral alignment, and that's the case no matter what bike you ride. Um, we found that to be um, not the case at all. And as, as these new bikes and new geometries emerge, our, our fit changes quite drastically. So it really is, it's an adaptation 
that's that's always occurring, right? There's always new technology. There's always new bodies coming into your studio. It's a constant adaptation. And so fit isn't really a set process. It's more of a learning experience for you and then translating that into uh, what the finished fit will look like. Yeah, exactly. Because I think you said it at the get-go, what if as your body changes, we need to change the fit. But also as you as you ride more, you might go from like a performance road bike to an endurance road bike or from endurance road bike to gravel. And that, that fit needs to change to address uh, that new bike and what you're trying to do on that bike. We're going to take a quick break here, but when we come back, uh, Todd, I want to talk a little bit about some common misconceptions about fit and also uh, some of the, the notions that we as uh, clients come in with, you know, these ideas of what my fit should be um, and, and how you can reconcile what the, the person wants and what it actually, what that person will benefit from. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Todd Carver from Retool and uh, Specialized. Thanks, Dan. And hi, everyone. This is Ian Parkinson from the Ruler Conversations podcast. This next segment is brought to you in partnership with Whoop, who, as you've probably heard, we've been partnering with. Whoop is the fitness brand changing the game when it comes to wearable devices. In fact, Whoop has been nice enough to gift us the Whoop 4.0, the latest in personalised, non-invasive digital fitness. Just pop it on your wrist and you'll be carrying around your very own health coach that monitors your body's physiology 24-7, ready to report on your fitness, training, sleep recovery, all via the accompanying app. Now, a few weeks ago, we had former pro cyclist, four times US cyclocross champion, Jeremy Powers, talking to Rouleur's Rachel Jarry. Uh, Jeremy, who's also a Whoop coach, was helping Rachel kick off her Whoop journey. So, um, Rachel, how has that Whoop journey been going? It's been going really well. Um, I found Whoop to be really useful in kind of helping me set out a proper routine with my training. Um, I've been tracking my recovery score and my strain score, and that's really good at giving me an indication of how hard I'm training and when I kind of have the space to do a bit more. Since using Whoop, the hours I've been putting in have been a lot more consistent rather than kind of yo-yoing up and down as they were before. Having it on all the time holds me accountable, I think, to committing to the training I've planned because it gives me like reminders about when it could be time to do a bit more or when my scores are particularly low or particularly high um I think the recovery scores also help me see that even when I think I might be fresh enough to do a ride because I've not done one the day before I'm sometimes still fatigued if I've had a really busy day at work or been on my feet all day so it's really helpful kind of seeing your how, how you're feeling based on what you do off the bike as well as on the bike because it monitors you all the time. Yeah, I know you wanted to use the uh, Whoop, the wearable tech, to help you manage a consistent schedule on the bike. Has, has that been has that been the case? Yeah, I think you can. Re- I really noticed this is when I was monitoring my heart rate throughout the night. I noticed a spike in it when I was sleeping and a raised resting heart rate one day, and that was kind of an indication to me that my body was tired and I was at risk of getting ill. So then I was able to hold off doing a tough session I'd planned the day after because I knew that something wasn't right. And I think it's sort of like making those decisions early to avoid missing a whole week of training is is really helpful. And I think I, I know that a lot of riders in the Tour de France have been using Whoop as well, and they've been noticing heart rate changes overnight, and that's helped them detect potential COVID cases because it shows when riders are getting run down. So I think monitoring you 24-7 is kind of a way to help you see the problems before they actually arise and help you not miss an even longer block of training in the long run. 
you talked about some of the riders in the Tour de France uh, using Whoop. Can you see ways in which it would have helped you when you were a full-time bike rider? Yeah, I think it's something that I kind of wish I did have access to when I was training full-time because there were quite a few occasions where I wasn't really sure if I was well enough to do a training session and then I pushed through it because I thought, oh, I have to do it, which in turn kind of made me more ill and made my recovery a lot slower. Whereas with Whoop, I could have seen the indicators of that kind of potential illness a lot earlier through data like my resting heart rate, respiratory rate and heart rate variability. So it just would have helped me make make my a lot more informed decisions, which is something I think I really missed throughout that throughout that period where you get you can get kind of caught up in your training and your own head. And this is just a little something in the back of your mind kind of validating how you're feeling, basically. OK, thanks, Rachel. Next week, uh, we'll be updating you on Rachel's fitness journey with Whoop. And if you're interested in joining Rachel on her journey, uh, you can go to whoop.com to find out more. And listeners to this podcast get a 15% discount on any Whoop membership when they use the code RULER during checkout. Why hello there. Podcast interruption alert, but I will only take a few short moments to say that if you're enjoying this podcast, you will love the regular magazine. So if you're not a reader already, then you can subscribe at ruler.cc for as little as £6 per month. If you don't speak Northern Irish, that's six times 100 pennies. And for the price of a few coffees, you get regular columns from the wonderful Ned Bolting, myself Orla Shinoui and some of the very finest independent cycling journalism there is all wrapped up in a wondrously beautiful publication go to ruler.cc I'll leave you to it welcome back to the ruler magazine tech podcast I am your host Dan Cavallari I'm still here in Colorado it is a beautiful day and I'm getting ready to ride today at some point and you know one of the wonderful things that I have had the opportunity to do is ensure that my bike that I would ride today is properly fit to me. And I brought my bike up to Todd uh, Carver, my guest, uh, up in Boulder to have a fit session just a few months ago. Uh, it wasn't that long ago. And, you know, as it turned out, my fit was actually pretty pretty close to spot on. But I did have some problems with my pedals and my cleats. And uh, I've been through 15 sessions of fits. <laughs> Nobody's ever been able to figure that out. Uh, Todd had that nailed out and, and fixed in what, 20 minutes. Uh, and it's, it's been for me, it's made me a lot more comfortable on the bike. So, you know, I go into these sessions with the misconception built into my brain that I already know what my fit is, that I already know what my position is, that there's really nothing you can improve, uh, or that I know what a good position is. Um, what are Todd, what are some of the, <laughs> the most common misconceptions that people come into your fit sessions with about fits in general and how do you educate them on better practices? I would say your situation is a little different than most of our of our customers because, I mean, for a lot of them, they might have never been fit before. So it's different when someone comes in like you who's been through 15 fits. The, the expectations are different. The knowledge base is different. We're doing different things. But I would say one of the biggest misconceptions we have with our riders coming in is they really think that if we get everything set right, they're going to be perfectly happy on the bike. And it's going to solve every single problem that they ever have. And I, that's a misconception because getting the fit right is half of what we do. And then educating the rider about like technique and things they should be doing on the bike is the other part. 
So a lot of riders coming into our facility aren't really thinking about the second part. They're just saying, hey, I want to go into retool because they have all this measurement tech. They can measure me. They can get the bike set up perfectly, and then I'm all good to go. Well, a lot of times during that fit process, um, we, we need to address technique. So maybe how someone sits on a saddle or how they move their ankles or how they track their knees. Or we may have to address like something in their body, like a mobility limitation. So at the end of the fit, oftentimes a rider has a little bit of homework to do on and off the bike. And then we do some follow-ups with them. So it's not as, so the misconception is like they come in and in two hours, everything's set perfectly and they're one and done. But bike fit is more of a process. Um, And it really is the first, the fit is the first step. Like you got to do that two-hour appointment uh, to get people um, into a good position, but then they have to ride, and um, and then after they ride a little bit, we need to get some feedback, and if anything is still of concern, they need to come back into the studio to do some more work, um, and that's what if 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 they have some sort of technique issue, a lot of times um, the mobility stuff is is also super important, like. If you come into your first fit and your hips are very tight, um, we will address that and accommodate those tight hips and set a certain position so that you can ride pain-free. But you should really loosen those hips up if you really want to achieve um, kind of the pinnacle experience on a bike. So we have Retool at home, which can give you exercises to do. And then once your hips loosen up, you come back into the fit studio and we change your fit uh, for your new mobility. So it, it is a process. It's not a one and done type thing. Now, talk a little bit to fitters out there <laughs> who, who are going to be on the other end of that. You know, I as a consumer are going to come in with my preconceived notions and fitters out there also have theirs. Um, how do you... How do you get fitters under the retool banner or really any fitter to consider uh, the really the, the nuances of every single fit session? I mean, what are some of their ingrained misconceptions about fit? What we try to get them to do is, um, is balance um, the technology with their, their eyeball and their ears, right? And so I think some of the misconceptions from er- people, fitters learning to fit is like they just need to learn the technology and that will do the whole fit for them. But what, what we really teach through our education platform uh, through Specialized University is like, that's half of it. But what you really need to develop are your personal skills um, and your eyeball and um, really be able to really combine all that together where you're using the technology to get quantified information but you're actually really listening a lot um, to the rider and your personal skills are, um, are improving. What's funny to me is that what you're describing is actually the foundation of just having a good relationship with people. <laughs> it's like, you know, you know, be listening first, you know, and, and not always just waiting to talk, get rid of some of your preconceived notions. And that's really what you're doing, right? As a fitter is you're developing a relationship uh, with your with your client. And I will say, I mean, I've been through a lot of these fit sessions and some of them have been better than others at, you know, making me feel immediately comfortable. And, you know, 
learning about me as a rider and things like that, you know, regardless of what the results were or whether they were valuable to me or not, the best fitters always had a way to, to form a relationship and listen, uh, not only to, to what I was saying, but what I was also feeling and sort of digging deep into that. And that's really just foundational stuff for forming any relationship. Um, so, you know, there you go. You're, you're, you're an, you're an advanced human being, Todd. <laughs> it's basic, right? It really is a, yeah, be a good person, right? That's first and foremost. And uh, a lot of times people forget that part. So. And I think that is part of a, a broader theme in cycling where we need to be a little bit more, uh, broaden our thinking about where people are coming from. You know, not everybody's a racer, you know, not everybody is super experienced. Not everybody's had 15 fits like I have. Um, you know, we, we in general need to be a little bit more open-minded about what types of people are riding and how they're riding. So as a fitter, I would imagine that should be first and foremost in your mind with every single fit. It is. And that's the fun part too, right? Like that's why, I mean, I, at this point I, I, I fit one day a week, so I don't have a full schedule, but it's my favorite day of the week because I, I I get to get into the fit studio and work with a rider one-on-one to solve their problems. Um, and through that process, I get to know them and um, they get to know me and they're coming back to get demo bikes and new saddles or footbeds. So we really form that relationship and th- that's the fun part of fitting. Um, and so I would urge fitters who are getting into this to um, to not forget that. Todd, I want to talk a little bit specifically. We have about uh, you know six or seven minutes left. Um, I want to talk a little bit specifically about Retool uh, because in the last year or so, Retool's sort of done some revamps to its its uh, th- the session and the technology, which was really quite interesting. I thought, um, and it was a different experience for me to go into this fit session and get all these sensors put on me and all this stuff. Um, can you talk a little bit about uh, the upgrades that was made to Retool this past year and what makes these upgrades? Uh, valuable to a to to one of your clients that comes in in this last year we've launched premium fit and we've made some big improvements to the technology Um, but 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 before we launched premium fit we went through three to four years of r&d okay so i think that is what retool and specialized do well um, as partners in this endeavor is we invest heavily in r&d to make the bike fit more personal for the rider. So, you know, in terms of the retool fit system, I can talk all day about the technology and how cool it is and flashy, but at the end of the day, the only fit that matters is yours, right? So we need to make it personal for you. So over the last four years, we've done tons of metabolic studies. So trying to understand how riders of different um, makeups, what positions are most efficient for them, And then we obviously do a lot of aerodynamic and power analysis to find out kind of what is the most aerodynamic position, what's the most powerful. So we do, I would venture to guess we do more R&D than any fit system out there. And through those learnings, what we can actually do is um, do things like personalized ranges, okay? And when I talk about personalized ranges and bike fit i'm talking about the ranges we use to fit your bike so a lot of times there will be a range of like a knee angle at the bottom of the pedal stroke a hip angle a back angle as you reach out to your handlebars and we have we've had normative ranges for those measurements for years Um, but we also realize that not everybody's normal right 
So, and not everyone's a professional rider. So what premium fit is all about is personalizing the ranges for each rider. So through all of our studies on metabolics and aerodynamics and, um, and um, mobility, we've really learned to put people in the perfect position for them. Okay? So at the end of the day, that's the big improvement with um, premium fit, which we launched this year. It's just more personalized for the rider. Um, some of the technology that we, that we use um, to do that is, first of all, we've changed from a personal computer to an iPad. So we've modernized um, the tech in that way, and we're using cloud-powered data uh, for the first time. Um, we also, because we're using the iPad, we have access to some of Apple's technology, which is their, their augmented reality kit. Um, their LiDAR sensor, all that. The digital skeleton, yeah. So the digital skeleton, and what that allows us to do is to um, track the assessment. So um, it's a big improvement because before we had that technology and these learnings, um, the fit, it would be up to the fitter to really be skilled in, in um, doing some passive range of motion techniques and things that take a while to learn. But with the tracked assessment, it's much more objective uh, because it it is using motion capture and AR um, to track the assessment. Um, And then the final thing that we really did with Premium Fit was expand our bike categories. So we did a lot of work over the uh, last few years learning about gravel bikes, endurance road, trail mountain bikes. Some of the bike categories that are very popular now that other fit systems don't address uh, we did our homework. Uh, we launched with these expanded bike categories. Um, and that combined with the tracked assessment, really. So if you're a gravel rider that's tight in the hips, we have a fit for you. If you're a performance road rider that's, that's gumby or super flexible, we have a fit for you. If you're a trail mountain biker um, that is, has tight ankles, we have a fit for you. So we're able to actually address uh, people in a more personalized way. And I, I guess I should back up and talk about, you know, people can't see me waving my arms when I talk about the digital skeleton. <laughs> but what that is, is, you know, it, during the fit, uh, Todd puts sensors, on, well, whoever's doing the fit, Todd, for me, it was Todd. <laughs> um, he puts sensors on your, your kit and on your body in various parts of your body, on your knees, on your, your ankles and, and all these different positions and what what that does is it gives you on the screen that's mounted on the wall is as this sort of skeleton this digital skeleton that follows your movements and tracks your movements and it's something really neat to just understand how your body is moving and how that's translating into data um, that that ultimately gets uh, spit out on a, on a 10-page report that thank, thankfully Todd explained to me <laughs> after the fact. But it's it's really a unique experience. And not only do you see that on the bike, but, you know, before I even got on the bike, I remember doing all those stretching exercises and the, and the, the mobility uh, tests to see how my body moves before I even got on the bike. Um, and I guess really to me what that boils down to is uh, the best fit sessions are holistic. Um, they are not just about getting the right stem length for you. It's about understanding how your body moves and translating that to how you will perform best on the bicycle. Um, it's not, you know, 
is not about, you know, standover height or, or top tube length specifically. It's more about how can you get the best performance and the most comfortable performance uh, out of your body while it's on the bike. Um, and that to me is really the, the, the takeaway from the retool session and why it kind of, in my mind, ranks much higher uh, on the list of, of fit sessions that I've had. Um, and I came away with valuable information, even if my fit didn't change all that much. Um, and I think that's also good because when, if I want to go back and say, Hey, it's been five years. And in that time I pulled a muscle on my back and I broke my ankle, whatever, you know, here's my data from before. Let's see how it compares. So yeah, sort of the, just like, the, you know, the takeaway is be holistic about your fit. Todd, where can people find out more about retool, uh, fits, uh, on the, the interwebs retool.com. So yeah. Head on over to retool.com and you can um, learn all about our fit process and and then actually where to find it uh, closest to your home. And uh, I should mention retool is R-E-T-U-L uh, with the little umlau over the U. Um, not R, not, you know, just make sure you spell it right if you're looking for it on the web. Is it on social media as well or is it just specialized? Yeah, you'll find us. You'll find us on, on Instagram and Facebook as well. Retool Technology. And if, uh, if you have questions for Todd, uh, you can reach out to me and I will happily pester him. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at slow guy on the fast ride or on, in, on Twitter at slow guy fast ride. Uh, and you of course can reach out to ruler magazine, either through ruler.cc or on social media at ruler magazine. We would love to, to answer your questions. And of course, if you have questions about, uh, tech in general that you'd like me to address on the podcast, I would love to hear that. I always love it when other people do my research and work for me. So please do reach out. Todd, thank you again for uh, joining me today and explaining a little bit about retool fit and fit in general. And to those of you listening, thanks for listening to the Ruler Magazine Tech Podcast. We'll see you on the next episode. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.